It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. Down 0-2, the Mavericks were desperate for a win. Could Luka and Dallas get the job done at home against the Warriors? Justin Thomas completed one of the greatest comebacks in the history of major championships to win his second PGA. And there's a stat that Boston Celtics fans are consoling themselves with that they should actually be worried about. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Down 0-2, the Dallas Mavericks got a 40-piece from Luka Doncic, and it's still wasn't enough. The Golden State Warriors take game three, 109 to 100 in Dallas. Joining me now from Locked On Mavericks, Nick Angstad shaking his head. And Nick, speaking of shaking your head, why was this effort not enough to get the Mavericks back into this series? Outside of having just a straight up talent deficiency, the Mavericks have been missing a couple of rotation players in this playoff run. They've been this whole season, they've been trying to figure out who's the second guy with Luka. They tried Christoph Porzingis. Obviously, they came to that decision that it didn't work. Jalen Brunson has been that guy. He's been in- incredible through this playoff run and through the season. He was pretty good. And the, But the biggest problem outside of that has been three-point shooting. They live and die by the three so much. And Jason Kidd has mentioned several times after games in the regular season, we can't just – miss threes, and then go hang our head on the other end and not defend with the same intensity, the same veracity that we've defended because that's what this defense requires. This defense requires – the defense the Mavericks run, their scheme, requires so much effort and intensity and just I'm locked in all the time. I know exactly where I'm supposed to go. I'm able to move my feet, move my hips and all that, and it's just turning out that they miss a bunch of threes. They shoot 13 of 45 from three in this game, and it just didn't – a couple of those go in, this is probably a different game, and that's the case for a lot of Mavericks losses this year. Yeah, and if you're if you're Dallas, you're going Jalen Brunson, 7-12, 20 points. Spencer Dinwiddie, 7-13, 26 points. Those are those are really good nights for, for most secondary uh, playmakers, secondary ball handlers, and, and yet in this game it wasn't enough because you get an 0-for from Reggie Bullock. He goes 0-for-10, and Oof. no one can make a 3 all game. Maxi Cleaver 0-for-5. Uh, from, from three, all of those, those were all of his field goal attempts. Is this a case of of the role guys just not being good enough? Well, that's the margin of error the Mavericks have. If those guys are not shooting well enough, they they don't they just don't have it right. They have to have those guys hitting because, like you said, Luca, Brunson, and, and Dinwiddie when they all score at least twenty, and Luca has forty, like this team barely ever loses. But they have to have those other guys hitting because that's still their mark. Like, they have to have those guys go off. And so when the role players aren't hitting, they're just not going to win games, especially when they're not shooting threes because that's all these role players basically <laughs> basically do is, is take threes. They're not Davis Bertans level, but they'll still only really take threes. Now, 
that goes back to the talent deficiency. This Mavericks team doesn't have a big margin of error, and when those threes aren't going down, it you know they're not going to win games. Plus, this Warriors team is really dang good. We've only we only saw eleven minutes of Curry, Clay, and Draymond play together in the regular season, and the Mavericks defense at the beginning of this series and even in this game bet on Andrew Wiggins they said hey if you if anybody's going to beat us it's Wiggins and guess who had 27 points second leading scorer on the Warriors and was just dynamite <laughs> in this game tonight it was Andrew Wiggins who came out uh, and had an incredible game maybe the game of his life in the NBA so far thanks for making Lockdown Sports today your first listen coming up down seven strokes entering Sunday Justin Thomas came roaring back to win the playoff and his second Wanamaker trophy Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or the under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you could win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. You're not going to get those odds other places download sleeper now to play their new over under game on your mobile phone join our locked on sports today group at sleeper.com slash locked on today and sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars that's right they will just give you money again that's sleeper.com slash locked on today and you'll get a hundred dollar deposit match on that first deposit terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details i love brownies but you know what I love more? Brownie batter. Sometimes I'll eat like half the batter just while I'm making the brownies. Okay, maybe not half because I would probably be sick. But a lot of it, certainly the spatula when you're done, the the blender things, the, the ta- well, I don't even know what those are called. When you're done, yes, you have to do it. But what if... What if that thing were actually good for you? What if there were protein in there? What if it was low in sugar? What if it was low in net carbs? You're in luck because Built created that thing, the brownie batter puff. You heard me right. The brownie batter puff. Have you tried Built Puffs yet? Chocolate covered, protein infused marshmallow. And now with brownie batter flavor 140 calories 17 grams of protein come on what are you waiting for and they're made with collagen protein so they are great in terms of absorption into your body go to built.com and use promo code locks 15 to get 15 percent off your order that's promo code locks 15 for 15 percent off at built.com now here's what you need to be locked on today jadavion Clowney is returning to cleveland at least for next season. This is Locked On Browns host Jeff Lloyd with your Cleveland Browns breaking news. The Browns and veteran defensive end Jadavian Clowney have reached agreement on a one-year contract for the 2022 season. Terms are a little vague at this point, but it seems Clowney's gonna have the ability to make somewhere upwards close to $11 million. The Browns get their guy back, and this is a win. Most felt Clowney was not going to sign till the summer to avoid OTAs and such. Will he be in Cleveland this week to sign the contract and be at OTAs? We'll see. The New York Rangers live to fight another day as they win game three against the Carolina Hurricanes. 
Hey, what is going on, hockey fans? John Chick Locked On New York Rangers. The Rangers just wrapping up a thrilling edge of your seat, three to one home victory against the Carolina Hurricanes in game three, working their way back into the series. They now, of course, trail two games to one, a game that they absolutely had to have. I mean, never say never, but you cannot fall into a 3 0 hole against a team as good as the Carolina Hurricanes and live to tell about it. And I think one of the most encouraging things about this game for the Rangers is that the Stars came to play after, you know, what was kind of a no-show in uh, in game two in this series. I mean, just look at the goals. You've got Adam Fox to Artemi Panarin, Tamika Zibanejad for the first one, and then you've got Truba, Tamika Tekreider for the second one. And on top of that, you know, the goals are one thing, but all those guys turn in significantly better efforts in this one than they did in game two, where a lot of the Ranger top players were basically invisible. I realize that's due in part to, you know, Carolina playing great team defense, but the Rangers were able to crack the code in this one. I thought it was absolutely huge that they scored first. You don't want to be playing from behind against this Canes team that plays such good defense and uh, great job by the Ranger power play as well. Anytime you score one on the man advantage against the Canes, you're doing something right. And that was huge uh, to give the Rangers the early lead there. The Tampa Bay Lightning are absolutely rolling and have a chance to sweep the top-seeded Florida Panthers. Not a place that we expected the Florida Panthers to be after three games. What is up, guys? This is Armando Velez from the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. And the Florida Panthers lose by a final score of 5-1 to one in their Sunday matinee game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now they're down 0-3. The issues with this Florida Panthers have remained the same. A lot of block shots by the Tampa Bay Lightning and shooting into lanes that aren't there and the Tampa Bay Lightning limiting the transition opportunities for the Panthers. And the team that scored an average of four goals a game has just all of a sudden disappeared. And now they're averaging one per game in this one. Sure, their power play uh, drought ended in game three, but the Florida Panthers couldn't do much outside of that. So the Tampa Bay Lightning, they have outplayed the Panthers. They've outcoached the Panthers. They've done everything just better than the Panthers. And the Philadelphia Phillies put the fighting back in fighting Phillies with a walk-off winner over the LA Dodgers. Oh my goodness. I'm still trying to calm down. I'm still trying to catch my breath. What a win by the Philadelphia Phillies. My hands are shaking. I'm still so excited. What a walk-off, especially it's Alec Bohm. Are you kidding me? After what happened earlier in the game with the defense and setting them in that spot. Listen, that's a win that can jumpstart things. This is a team that fights. They have many flaws. The offense, flawed. The manager, flawed. The team, the defense, definitely flawed, but man, they fight. And for Alec Bohm, with two outs, to hit that ball the second and then beat that out and hustle that and just put them in a position. And then Roman Quinn scoring from second on a ground ball to the second baseman. Like, listen, that's stuff I do in beer league softball when the bases are like 40 feet apart. It's just an amazing effort by them. An amazing win for the team. That is a situation, that is a win that can jumpstart a team to go on a hot streak. They needed that one badly and just, what a darn win for the Phillies. I'm so happy right now. Here is another story you need to know. He came from seven shots back. Justin Thomas is now a two-time PGA champion, a two-time major champion. He beats Will Zalatoris in the three-hole aggregate playoff at Southern Hills to win the 2022 PGA Championship. Joining us now. Josh Neighbors, our friend from Locked On Big 12 and a golf fanatic, of course. Uh, Josh, this for Justin Thomas 
turns out to be a bit of a, a coronation for a player we thought had a good chance to come in to this tournament with a chance to win, but coming into Sunday, we thought had almost no chance to win because Mito Pereira looked like he was going to run away with this. Yeah. I mean, they weren't really showing JT like they showed the start of this round. And, you know, this, this is always for us broadcast people. Like you follow the TV stuff and you kind of know who's in it. Who's not. Okay. I haven't seen this player all day. They, you know, you know, he did a good shot. They weren't showing him for a good stretch of time. I think he, I think they picked him back up. I want to say on 10 or 11 when he had the first of what were three birdies there in the back nine, but you know, this was not a case of, like, okay. He came from seven back. Yes. He only shot three under though. So that kind of tells you where the rest of the field was. It felt like Pereira was in good shape, but he was really shaky there towards the back end, had a couple nice putts. And then on 18, I mean, just, I'm not sure what happened with the swing. His feet were all over the place. It looked like it got really compact all of a sudden and just puts it square in the middle of the, the pond there on 18. And you're thinking, oh, my goodness. And he has to hit the same shot that JT hits on 18. Th- Thomas really had an excellent shot on the 18. To birdie it was one of the tougher holes on the course all weekend. So while it wasn't this dominant, crazy, oh, my God, rally-type round, that shot on 18 and then pretty comprehensive in the playoff, too. I mean, that was really impressive. Yeah, to go two under through two, and then all he has to do is is essentially make par on 18 to, to win in the playoff against Will Zalatoris, who a, a lot of people coming in thought was a horse for this course. The Greens uh, have the same parentage as the Greens at uh, Augusta National, where Zalatoris had some success as well. You mentioned Pereira on 18 and, and hitting it into the water. He shoots five over, a 75 on Sunday, but still... I think earned a lot of uh, of credit from from golf fans because he stood in and took the bullets after the round. He did the interviews and and said, said I guess there was more pressure on my body than I realized. He basically mm-hmm. just said, you know, I had an out of body experience on the 18th tee, and and that is what happens. Major championship pressure is just different than any other kind of pressure. What did you make of him in this final round? Yeah, I mean, this is tough for us, too. Big, he's a Big 12 guy, right? He spent a year at Texas Tech. So, like, we, you know, the, the Big 12 side of things, it would have been nice to see. Um, and, and what was really painful, too, was watching Joaquin Neiman. Like, mm. just, he was on the broadcast, right? Like, 20 minutes. I mean, he gave him a lot of time. And you could tell how desperately he wanted Pereira to come away with the win. And just to, like... It's one of those sports. I forget. I forget who it was when Ernie Els won his last. I think it was the uh, the, the Open Championship. Yeah, tour. You know, he's won Corn Ferry Tour events. He has won the Chilean Tour. But this is a guy who's you know this is this is new to him. And I thought he had some pretty big putts, but yeah, it collapsed. He did. But this this wasn't you know. You're right. He stood putts afterwards. You know, he's still getting a really nice chunk of change too, and so you're good for you're glad for him. You just hope he might get another crack at something like this because look, these don't come around very often. So that's the hard part is that you just you know that this stuff doesn't always come around, but it's not a surprise at the same time that a player like JT was the one standing at the end. Coming up, Celtics fans keep pointing to this one particular stat to comfort themselves, despite their team being down two games to one to the Heat. That stat is actually quite condemning. That's next. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Here's what to look for from Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. Let's dive into a few lines for this Celtics Heat Game 4. The total has been moved up in this series. As it has gone on, and that's no different tonight. Bet Online has the over/under on total points between the Celtics and Heat at 207 and a half. Meanwhile, Bet Online likes Jason Tatum to score the most for the game, setting his odds at plus 125 to lead all scores. And most importantly, who is favored between the Celtics and the Heat? Well, Bet Online really likes the Celtics to even the series, setting their odds at minus 260 to win. Bet Online, where the game starts. The Miami Heat have a two-game-to-one lead over the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Some are pointing to a specific stat as a reason for optimism surrounding the Celtics, but our John Corrales of Locked On Celtics believes this stat is much more damning than Celtics fans realize. Here's one thing that's going around a lot in uh, after this. The Celtics have played three games now. They've lost two quarters to the, uh, the Heat. And they're down 2-1. People are like, wow, that's kind of kind of a wild stat. I see that as like, I think some people are going to sit there and say, well, this is a big, this is a stat in favor of the Celtics. I, I disagree. I think that that's a damning stat against the Celtics. And, and the Celtics shouldn't be sitting there going like, well, we've won. There's what? 12 quarters. We've won 10 of them. That's pretty good. Like, no, if you've won 10 quarters in three games, you should be up 3-0. Like, there's just, that is it. You should be up 3-0. If you've won 10 quarters in three games, you've lost two, and you're down 2-1, that's bad. That's a problem. Like, that's not good. This should not be a celebrated thing. And we can, we can say, hey, look, they've done all these other things that are good. But when those two quarters are that bad, it just shows how horrible these guys can be if they're not playing the right way. They're not valuing the ball. They're not moving the ball. They're not playing. They're not looking for the right play. They're trying to do too much. All of that stuff. I don't like the two quarter stat. It's really cool to say you won a bunch of quarters, right? And if this were summer league, it would matter. Because in Summer League, you get points for winning quarters. You don't get points for winning quarters in the NBA playoffs. And the Boston Celtics don't get any points for staging a comeback in Game 3 after they were down by a billion. They don't get credit for making that game close because they also made it not close. And this is the case going back to game one. The Celtics were down double digits for nearly the entire fourth quarter of that game. They lose by 11. They were down 17 to start the quarter in game one. And you can go back and you can say, 
okay, well, the Celtics won three of the four quarters in that game. Okay, but what happened in the quarter that they didn't win? They got run off the floor. And then it didn't matter what happened in the fourth quarter. I am very much a process over outcome kind of person, especially when it comes to sports. But at a certain point, the only thing that matters is who has the most points on the scoreboard at the end of the game. And if your team in a quarter of a game is getting run off the floor, it doesn't matter what happens the other three quarters so long as at the end of the game, that one quarter that dictated the outcome still dictated the outcome because this happens all the time. These are really good NBA teams. All of the teams in the playoffs are really good. So you're not going to win every single quarter. And if you get blown out in a quarter, that's probably really bad. So the ultimate goal is to be leading at the end of the game. If you're going to do something, if you're going to win a quarter, yes, it helps to be later in the game, but it also helps if you weren't already losing, which had been the case for the Celtics too often in this series. And the same was true against the Bucs. The Boston, in a lot of ways, is lucky the Bucs didn't have Chris Middleton because they'd probably be in Cancun if they had. And finally... Juwan Howard had no interest in the open head coaching position for the LA Lakers, a source told ESPN. Howard's two sons, Jace and Jet, will both be on his team next year at Michigan, and Howard would rather remain at his alma mater than join former teammate Rob Palenka and LeBron James. This comes a year after Howard turned down interest from the Boston Celtics. Of course, home is where the heart is. And if your two sons were playing on your current team, why would you want to leave to be the assistant coach for LeBron James? I don't get it either. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NBA. From the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the NBA Finals, Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Coming up tomorrow, will the Celtics even things up in the Eastern Conference Finals? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.